the, the most fundamental thing you need to have as a business person is understand what are you trying to build here? What's the business you're trying to develop? And that's really the bedrock of any marketing. If a marketer shows up and says, okay, what do you want me to do? Fire them. You know, they're supposed to help you understand what you're supposed to do, not you tell them what to do. And that's, I think, why so many accounting sites look the same, is a web person shows up and say, okay, what do you want? Say, I want a website and you know, what's important to your clients? And you say all the things that you've heard over and over, I'm a trusted advisor, blah, 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 none of which really help you differentiate yourself. And that goes on, dutifully goes on your website, and there you are, completely undifferentiated, just like everybody else. Welcome to a special interview episode of the Cloud Accounting Podcast Recording live at Accounting Web Live in San Diego. I'm Blake Oliver. I'm David Leary. And joining us today is Lee Fredrickson, Managing Partner at Hinge Marketing. Great to see you, Lee. Pleasure to be here. I very much admire the work of your firm. I first encountered it, I guess, back in 2018 when uh, I came across the high growth study that you do. Ah. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's something that you're still putting out, is it? Is we it are. Every year? Mm -hmm. And there's some really amazing statistics in that study about no growth, average growth, and high growth firms. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if you could kick things off by talking about the differences between those firms. Sure. And the no growth firms are defined as you expect, the firms that don't grow. The high growth firms are the ones that are having at least 20% compound annual growth. So they are, in fact, growing faster. 20%. 20% compound annual growth. They are moving forward. And as it turns out, they're also more profitable than the slow-growing firms. So it's hard to find what's wrong with being a high-growth firm. And what makes a firm high-growth? Usually, when you look at it across, there's multiple things. There's uh, things that have to do with the people they have. They tend to have folks that are more trained. And if they don't have those folks on board, they tend to outsource more. So they get the access to the talent one way or another. Second thing they do is focus. Uh, they're much more likely to be focused on a particular niche or niches and differentiate themselves well, space from other folks. Uh, and they're also much more likely to be using digital kind of marketing. In other words, they're following where their clients are. Their clients are looking online to find out about what's happening, how do I solve this problem, what do I do with this issue, and they're more likely to be there where their clients can find them. And then finally, there's uh, the whole strategy thing. They tend to be looking a little bit further ahead. They're less worried about what the competition is doing, what's happening, what's happening in the market, and they're focused on where are our clients and how can we give them value. So at a high level, that's what really differentiates it. Let's take a step back. Tell us about Hinge Marketing. You founded it. No, I didn't. You didn't? No, I was a client. You were a client. That's right. Okay, Just like so the Razor things. And I sold the firm I had. What kind of firm was that? It was a consulting firm that was focused on helping firms grow, take the next level. What did they need to do? What kind of infrastructure did they have to put in place? So that sort of thing. And we would work with like manufacturers who had dealer networks and help them improve the performance of those networks. So after that, I, I looked at uh, Hinge and we got to talking about, I realized that as a client, there were a few things I didn't like about most firms. I didn't like that they would ask me 
for example, what the strategy was supposed to be or so forth. I thought, that's your job. To, you know, you're the professional here. And they uh, didn't really drive by research. And so we really focused on, I'm a behavioral psychologist by training. So we focused first on the research, understanding what really works. And we said, that's what we're going to offer. I don't care if I hold my nose and it's not what I want to do. We're going to focus on what our clients really need. And that has turned out to be a really a golden formula because it has allowed us to really catch things as they're emerging. Uh, like the digital trend, to be able to be on the front edge of that rather than try to play catch up after, you know, after it's been uh, moving for three or four years. And what's the firm look like? Where are you located? How many people are there? You know, give us the, the high level view. Well, we're located, our headquarters is outside of Washington, although we've always had some people remotely, but now with this, we've been hiring remotely. So we have folks all over the country now. We're about just under 50 people. Uh, we work exclusively with professional services firms, and accounting is one of our verticals along with uh, management consulting and, and law firms and so on and so forth. So we're 100% professional services, although within professional services, we work with different kinds of different professions. And one of the characteristics of high-growth firms that you mentioned is they focus on digital. They do. Digital marketing. I, I take it that is something that you also focus on. Mm -hmm. It is indeed. And that's interesting. As an accountant who talks to a lot of accounting firms, I, I feel like a lot aren't still doing much in the way of digital. They've put up a website, mm -hmm. <laughs> hopefully. Mm -hmm. I'm still surprised, though, when I visit somebody's domain and their email address and it just uh, gives me a 404 error because mm -hmm. they don't have that. Exactly. But, like, you know, that's sort of the table stakes. Mm -hmm. What, in your mind, is uh, the playbook digitally for these high growth firms, the firms that you see growing 20%, what are they doing from a digital perspective that others aren't? Yeah, that's really the question we've been digging into more uh, recently and looking at how they use technology. And one of the very interesting things is that the firms, there's a direct relationship between how technologically sophisticated a firm is, what their level of maturity is, and their ability to grow fast and be more profitable. So in other words, the firms that are more sophisticated use more technology, not just for the work they do, but also for the marketing they do. Those kinds of things, are that is a real leverage for folks. It's helping them grow, and it's really helping them deal with some of this talent shortage that everyone is really struggling with these days. You know, when you say uh, digital you know, marketing tool. What, what do we dig in for me more? Like, what does okay. that mean? Because uh, I know most, you know, most firms still get the majority of their new clients by referral. So are you seeing that these high growth firms are, are getting more, more of their clients online? Or like, what is the mix? And, and yeah. how are they getting them? Yeah, uh, they're getting more, a larger percentage of their clients online. And one of the things that really uh, is a telltale about whether you're doing digital marketing right or not is if the leads are coming in are poorly qualified and don't turn into anything, you're not doing it right. Because our experience and uh, what we've lived is that digital leads who've been following you, who've checked you out digitally, are the most qualified, the easiest to close, and by far the best clients we have. No question about it. So it's the exact opposite of what many people's experience is. So, you know, they it's like anything. You dabble in a little bit, you try a little bit. Oh, geez, this doesn't work. Well, duh, would you expect it to work? Well, and why, does it, why doesn't it work? I mean, well, it does, you know, if you don't know what you're doing, it's hard to do it well, right? 
And that, that, of course, is a problem. I mean, most people, they train to be an accountant. They didn't train to be a digital marketer. So they, you know, by necessity, they need some other, they either need to become a digital marketer, study it, learn it, and that kind of thing, or they need to use somebody who understands it, can help guide them and show them what they need to do. Uh, what we see most doing is doing what they think is popular. So, for example, a lot of stuff on social media. People are very likely to jump into social media. They don't actually do anything with it. They're just on it. It would be like going to a network event and standing over by the cheese dip and waiting for someone to come over and hire you. You know, it just doesn't happen that way. You have to work it. And if you're not working social media and you're not doing something with it, it's not going to produce much. Another thing we're seeing is more people are really focused on digital advertising as a way of reaching certain niche markets. Let's say you have a small practice in rural Virginia and you want to specialize in a certain thing. There's nothing really that prevents you from doing that these days. There was a time when you needed to live close to an airport and have a suitcase in one hand to be able to have that kind of a national practice. Not anymore. So many of the barriers to specializing are just really melting away. So it's a matter of focusing on a market and reaching it. And digital advertising can be a good way of doing that. But perhaps the big gun, the thing that works by far the best, is search engine optimization. And that simply means understanding what are the issues that your clients have, producing top quality content that really addresses those and helps people understand the issue and know what are my alternatives and how might I go. And by doing that, you're doing something that's very important. You're making your expertise, which is invisible. You know, you have no idea when you meet someone, are they a brilliant accountant or a charlatan? You just don't know. But as you start to listen to them, thing to read what they write, you start to get an understanding of how they can help you. And when you have someone who's educating you and, and has been helping you, the natural instinct is when you need additional help, who do you turn to? Someone you already trust, you already know, who's already been helpful. What we found is that works so well, we get about 90% of our business is people picking up the phone or emailing and contacting us because they want exactly, precisely what we do. So that is how Hinge itself That's right. obtains. No, no complaining about Shoemaker's children. Uh-uh, that's a, that's a bum excuse. So SEO, search engine optimization, mm -hmm. you're talking about, I have pay, uh, web, web pages on my site, I have blog posts, mm -hmm. and those, how do those get me the leads? They won't unless they're really found and they're relevant to people. So the first thing that needs to happen is you need to have the very best content you can. It really addresses the issue and answers the question people have. So that's sort of step number one. Step number two is you have to make it visible initially. So if you don't already, if you don't have a, a strong SEO presence, that's where you may need some advertising, some PR, getting it out in front of people so they understand it, it exists. And then over time, what will happen is people will begin to find that and that builds on itself. So if you have the technology right, you know, you're on a platform that Google likes because it's user friendly, it's fast to load, it's mobile friendly. So if you have the technology, you have the right content and you have some promotion to get that visibility jump started. Those are the components that tend to make SEO effective.
I've seen marketing companies for accounting firms, mm-hmm. website building companies, these things. And I'm just in the industry enough and I go to enough accounting firms, websites, and I follow enough accounting firms on social media to really recognize like, oh, they probably got ripped off because they got the exact same thing this other firm just tweeted out. No, wait. And then I search on Twitter. And I'm like, oh my God, there's 250 tweets in a row of the exact same image in the mm-hmm. same blog, SEO blog post they put on their site. Mm-hmm. And so you're, I guess t- you're talking about those uh, website services where you sign up for the website, right, David? And then they they give you blog posts. And then you post it on your blog post, and they or they automatically post the blog post for you, and they automatically tweet it for you, etc. I don't necessarily know if that works or not, and I guess it's it a, doesn't. It's a hinge because I'm like, you got your I've answer. I've never smelt hinge before. <laughs> right? it, does, it doesn't like, work. Like I've never what? been like, oh, that's a hinge job. Like I've never. It's it. So you're you're obviously doing something right. So, why doesn't deeper. it work though? Yeah. Why doesn't it? Well, it, it doesn't work because of duplicate content. Uh, what Google and all the search engines hate more than anything else is duplicate content. Content is over because they don't know what's the original source on that. So you get dinged for that. So if you ever want to do something really stupid, do that because it'll track and say no SEO for you. Just because you've got content, everybody else has the same content. You're not the originator of that. Sorry, you're not getting any traffic. So that's why it doesn't work. It seems to work because it looks like it's going to be easy. You just do one thing and all that, you know, that difficult marketing stuff is all done for you. Just like people, they say, well, can I just do one simple thing and all the accounting and taxes and stuff is done for me? Yeah, of course we want a simple, easy answer. But as most things in life, the simple, easy answer isn't the correct answer. What are some other pitfalls that uh, accounting firms fall into when it comes to marketing? Well, one of the pitfalls is they try to look like other accounting firms because they feel like that's going to be safer. Oh, look, everybody having blue. I better do blue. Oh, look, everybody says they're a trusted advisor. I better say I'm a trusted advisor. Now, the fact that when you actually ask real clients, no one goes out looking for a trusted advisor. I don't think I've ever run across somebody who says, I want a trusted advisor. You know, they want to help somebody that's going to do their revenue recognition issue or their tax problem or something. And you become a trusted advisor. But saying you're a trusted advisor is right up there with saying, I'm honest. You know? Yeah, it's expected. The fact that you're saying it, you know, sort of obviates the reality. We're not criminals. Put <laughs> yeah. that on your website. I, I think the famous Nixon quote, I am not a crook. I'm not a crook. <laughs> Put that on the bottom of your, yeah, your, exactly. your website. Exactly. If a company, an accounting firm is ready to take that step, and mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's a slightly bigger firm, right? Because mm-hmm. this is an end-to-end thing from their logo. You might want to think about your rebranding. You might think about your social media. Can it all be outsourced? Or do you need to kind of think about growing to the size where, okay, I'm going to have a CMO at my firm. And mm-hmm. then... What's the right size of the journey? How do you know you're ready to take that next step in your marketing? Yeah, the the most fundamental thing you need to have as a business person is understand what are you trying to build here? What's the business you're trying to develop? And that's really the bedrock of any marketing. If a marketer shows up and says, okay, what do you want me to do? Fire them. You know, they're supposed to help you understand what you're supposed to do, not you tell them what to do. And that's, I think, why so many accounting sites look the same, is a web person shows up and say, okay, what do you want? Say, I want, I want a website, and you know, what's important to your clients? And you say all the things that you've heard over and over, I'm a trusted advisor, blah, 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 none of which really help you differentiate yourself. And that goes on, dutifully goes on your website, and there you are, completely undifferentiated, just like everybody else. 
So you're here at Accounting Web Live. You're speaking on a panel mm -hmm. about the great resignation. Yes. Attracting and retaining top talent. How do top firms attract and retain top talent? Interestingly, by being themselves and by conveying who they really are, uh, you know, the, the biggest reason people leave these days is uh, not for more money, common misunderstanding. Uh, the biggest reason they leave is because of the relationship with their boss, their coworkers, uh, not feeling respected, supported, not listened to, those kinds of things. So it's really having a clear understanding of, you know what, it's important for us to have the right culture and to really work on the culture. So, for example, one of the things, two things uh, employees want these days is that what, what would make it better? What, what benefit do you really want? Number one, happy hours. Happy hours? <laughs> you know, why? Well, I've been sitting at home for two years, and you know, right now, any time with anybody is great. So that's number one. But uh, not far down the list is something we call shout-outs or public recognition for some of the good work you've done with your coworkers. So imagine, you know, you're in there, tax season, busting your chops, doing all of these things over and above, and what do you get? Nothing. No career advancement, no recognition, no, nothing special. And say, I don't have to put up with this. You know, there's all sorts of others. I might go in-house, I might go to part-time, I might do something else. So I think that's really what's driving it, is people now have more options than they did before. And once you open up the options and give people the opportunity to do some, they start voting with their feet. So tying into this great resignation, mm -hmm. it was, I was in a conversation with a startup here at the conference, one of the sponsors, mm -hmm. and there's lots of these apps, and all these apps have marketing departments and marketing companies. Mm -hmm. And overwhelming, and even me with the podcast, when I work with sponsors, I'm working with a marketing company, and three months later, it's a different marketing person at that company, and yep. three months later, it's a different. Why in marketing, and, and hopefully there's probably an answer here, you're going to give me that maybe ties back to firms or question possibly, but... How come marketing departments at like all these crazy tech startups with all these huge marketing budgets are blowing mm -hmm. up Facebook ads and Google ads and all this stuff? Why do they have such high turnover in their people in these marketing departments? It's being it's behavior psychologist, right? Because mm -hmm. I, I feel like there's an answer or a learning for accounting firm owners from the answer you're going to give me for this, maybe. Yeah, I, I don't think it's for fundamentally different reasons. On one hand, they have lots of opportunities to do other things, but being a marketing person in a startup is not an easy course. Uh, just like being a marketing person in an accounting firm, talk about a thankless, doggone job. You know, think back about it to, you know, when I started, when I was a young pup in, in it, all the people who did marketing were just administrative people who happened to be somebody's assistant or something and they could schedule a, an event and hold an event or something like that. And that became sort of legacy what marketing is. It's administrative, low value function that we don't really respect. We don't look up to, we don't listen to all the things where they should be at the table on what are our products, what are our targets, how are we gonna recruit? They're not at the table on almost any of them. You're in a job where you're not respected, you're not listened to, why wouldn't you quit? What you said uh, made me remember something. I was interviewing for a marketing position mm -hmm. at a large firm. Mm -hmm. And the CMO there, or marketing director there, told me that they really focus mainly on uh, the individual partners. So they would go out and they would do events and they would create marketing collateral, brochures, web pages. 
featuring the expertise of the individual partner. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is how marketing has been used. Mm -hmm. The rainmaker approach, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so you take your rainmaker and Mm -hmm. you make them make more rain. Right. But what strikes me as very different that's happened in the last 10 years is the rise of these firms where there there are no partners on the about page of the firm. There are the, the people, the partners are much less important than the team. You maybe you have a whole team picture mm-hmm. and it's the brand, the firm itself is, is what you're marketing. Indeed. And that's been a shift that we've been seeing take place in accounting firms. Uh, now for about the last 10 years, it started very slowly, but it's picking up speed where people are understanding there is a, such a thing as a brand in there and that that does make a difference. That helps you close business. It helps you attract clients and so forth. And when you focus on the individual partner and you put all the incentives there, it really limits how much you can cross-sell, how much additional business you can do. So it's really a bad business model for any firm that wants to grow and become profitable. I think that's why it's changing because it doesn't really address the needs of the client. It addresses the needs of the partners, the needs of the firm, but not the needs of the client. So Lee, you have a PhD in behavioral psychology. Mm -hmm. How did you end up getting a PhD in that field and then going into consulting, right? Yeah. What happened is I didn't know it at the time, but I was an entrepreneur from, I grew up on a small family farm and I've always been an entrepreneur and it took me a while and I had to go through the whole process of becoming a professor and so forth, say, yeah, I can do this. And then I said, do I really want to? I looked around at all my colleagues that were 20 years older and they were unhappy and grumpy and I thought, No, thanks. So I resigned a tenured professorship and took a job with Arthur Young. And it took me about mm, six to 10 minutes and said, not this either. (laughs) No, no, thanks. Eventually, I just found that uh, being an entrepreneur was who I was. And as soon as you understand who you are and you start believing in yourself and you start doing it, you know, your life changes. And I think that that's what the problem is with a lot of folks is they really are somebody else, but they haven't recognized it yet. So you had to get the PhD in psychology to then Say, understand yourself. Find out, oops, I'm on a cul-de-sac. <laughs> well, I'm sure it helps you in, in so many ways in marketing. It, it does, of course. Yeah. You know, and it's hard to know because I don't know what it's like to not have one. But Can you repeat what you just said, that sentence of they don't know who they are because they haven't found themselves yet or vice versa? Can you repeat what that? What did you mean by that? Well, uh, what I mean by that is a lot of people go into something because people tell them they should, their parents tell them they should, and they're unhappy in it all from the beginning. And they don't really put themselves into it. They don't enjoy what they're doing. And the people you see who are successful or something is someone who has found out what they want to do, what they enjoy doing, and they're focusing on that. And if you're not focusing on what you're doing, you're just going through life, putting in time waiting for it to get better. Well, it doesn't get better. You know, you have to make it better. You have to make other choices, do other things, and then your life changes. Yeah, it's kind of like the, a firm's website, right? Like, you could tell it's a jerk website, and they're just searching for who they are. And yeah. until they make that commitment. And knowing who they are, they can't really be truly successful. They can float along with the tide, you know, but they can't really plow new ground. Because you can't do marketing if you don't know who you are. Right. Well, and you can't market... To everyone. I think that's the, yeah. my takeaway from the time I've spent in marketing is that 
if you try to market to everybody, your message will be diluted and won't mean You're anything. Marketing, no. right? Yeah. I mean, so. it, if a strategy is not a little bit scary, it's not really good strategy. No. All good strategies are scary. You know, good marketing gets people's attention, but that also has the risk of maybe you turn some people off. You know? Well, if you're not turning somebody off, you're not turning anybody on. That's by definition. If you try to please everyone, you please no one. We know that as people, you know, we talk about der derisively about people pleasers who try to please everyone and, and they end up pleasing no one, including them most specifically themselves. And that is why when we get emails from listeners who disagree with us, I take that you as a good them. sign. You read them. <laughs> yeah. Lee, thanks so much for your time today. If our listeners want to learn more about Hinge, mm -hmm. where should they go? Hingemarketing.com and judge us by our website. If you don't like the website, you're not going to like us. That's a pretty strong way to say that. Beautiful. Thanks very much. My pleasure. <laughs>